Hey, hey, today we have who? Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jacob here today on Bali? How are you doing, Jacob? Good, I'm doing good, and you? Uh, pretty good also. How do you like the Bali and Balinese vibes? Oh my God, I'm loving it in Bali. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's great. I think a lot of people already know, but you know, I, my wife and I uh, just had our second child. And actually, we came to Bali uh, to have a baby, and uh, so so things are great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, I uh, I saw on the Twitter that you met some like Cosmos guys here already. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the other day I met up with uh, Cryptocito and um, a number of other uh, Cosmos validators and a member of the Four Bull team as well. Maybe he's a member of the Desmos team now. Not certain. What do you think about Bali? Could it be like uh, some place to uh, for meeting uh, of like crypto enthusiasts? Uh, actually, definitely. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, uh, Bali seems to be full of crypto enthusiasts, and um, thinking about getting like setting up a, a second notional base here, um, looking at. Uh, what, what it, I've been asking people actually, like, uh, what places on the island we can get, uh, multiple fiber connections and the best four and 5g coverage, because when we, when we do the bare metal validation stuff, uh, what we actually do is we set up, it's kind of like a closet, actually. I heard that, uh, it is like a kind of problem right here because, uh, they can't, uh, provide a proper connection without anything so we um we had the same problem in vietnam <laughs> and uh the actually this is sort of uh part of the notional origin story how we got started um we were having that exact problem and so i built like hand built a router uh and you know, the routers that you use to connect to the internet, they're just, they're little computers, right? And so I got uh, this one really heavy um, black metal box that is capable of bonding the connections. And um, that got us through about, you know, the first year. And actually, I guess this is one thing I'd, I'd say to any validator, like, enthusiast in POS, I suppose, is that like, you really do want to try to control your systems. Um, and in order to control your systems, you basically need to have them on site. I, I don't know of another decent way because, you know, typically you have a key somewhere, right? Even if, say, you're using a remote signer, uh, for the audience, a remote signer is a piece of software that it connects to a node and sends block signatures to it. It's like sitting adjacent to it. Um, would, you it could, be, would it mm -hmm. be possible to uh, for non-tech guys to understand what you're talking right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Um, we don't worry about non-technical guys today. <laughs> Mm, I mean, please continue. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll continue. So, 
um, even even if you're using one of those, uh, you 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 still have a key somewhere in the cloud. And I guess for the non-technical audience, it's basically about cloud avoidance when it comes to validation. If you also, have also also about the key management. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, hey, do you know about the tombstoning? Because that was interesting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the the recent one. It's not interesting. For... It was. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, it's not interesting for uh, delegators. <laughs> um. I th I I th I say it's like a, it's not interesting in case of lost uh, funds. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the, yeah, yeah, very true. Um, but th uh, this one was really unique. Every single um, hard slash in Cosmos history has it. It's it's been kind of bullshit. The what what has happened every single time previously is that the validator has made some kind of an operational error and then the users lose their funds. But what happened this time was that um, the, the validator did make an operational error, but they got their keys stolen. And then there was a battle. The battle was amazing. You read about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there was this battle between the guy who had stolen the keys and the original validator, and they were actually sending messages back and forth uh, in transactions. And finally, the thief double signed. Um, I suppose we're going, like, you know, way out of topic and stuff, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll hand back to you. But, yeah, that was interesting recently. Uh, I, I just wanted to like learn something more about you because I started uh, making these videos to learn more about uh, personality of people who are participating in Cosmos and uh, stuff related with them. But uh, first uh, guy who I want to uh, be uh, my first like uh, speaker mm -hmm. with me, it was uh, Dimi. Oh but, hell yeah! Yeah, but uh, I got I got sick. We uh, maybe we will have a call a little bit later. So let's talk a little bit about you and uh, sure. Could you uh, tell us a little bit more about you, about your personality? Who are you? Uh, where are you from? Uh, some yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, I probably have a, a really like weird career path so buffalo um, is a kind of pizza right buffalo <laughs> buffalo is a kind of wing it's something you eat yeah, with the wing. pizza yeah exactly and and we actually do have our own style of pizza it's excellent uh the key to buffalo pizza is to um to char the pepperoni so that it makes a little cup um there are other keys to buffalo pizza too such as having somewhat ridiculously thick crust um and and the chicken wings though are i would say much more fantastic than buffalo pizza um so from buffalo new york and like in high school i started to work uh in a stock brokerage running their tech and by the end of high school i had put together like a small 
computer consulting business. Oh, really just me, but like, you know, I had a number of different clients. Um, you consulted about what? Well, at the time it was CRM systems, actually. Customer relationship management. So like, these are the systems that would like tell a smaller medium business, hey, you should send your client a letter at this time. Um, and actually a lot of those companies went out of business because of services uh, like E-Trade uh, that let you trade stocks online. Um, I think the, the modern equivalent is like Robinhood. Oh, and I'm old. I'm old. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'll be 40 pretty soon. And, uh, if any of this sounds dated, that's why while I was in high school, I got into Linux. Uh, so, uh, my, my dad had the job title webmaster and he hired people to run Linux servers at a local college. And one of them, uh, introduced me to the operating system, gave me, you know, a CD, uh, to install it on my computer. I broke the computer. I think I broke my mom's computer too. Uh, and, um, Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you, you install a new operating system, you kind of format the hard drive and I, you know, young, right. Didn't, didn't know as much. So, um, anyhow, uh, so like got into that and for whatever reason, I, I still don't know the exact reason other than yeah, I do like history. I studied history in college. Um, and she didn't really like my college, but I had a full scholarship to go there. So I ended up using that scholarship to study at other schools in other countries. And that was super amazing. So I spent a year in Italy. I spent a year in Ghana. And then I went back to Chicago to graduate. And... Um, so graduated and like went back to Buffalo, New York. Um, I found that, wait, I probably just should have kept doing computers. Like, what am I going to do with this history degree? And so I bounced between doing that um, and sort of like looking at teaching, you know, stuff you might do uh with with a history degree and finally ended up teaching for a while um in south korea where i was teaching young kids english and ended up then transitioning back into tech working on software uh for uh, actually medical professionals there to learn english to study english and then um after that to China, and this is where crypto begins. So, um, while I, I did, I was like probably one of the very earliest users of Bitcoin, except I did not use any Bitcoin. I'll explain real quick. I read the white paper, I downloaded the software, probably not long after this stuff was released, I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Um, because like I was used to Nutella or uh, Kaza or whatever. And when I read that it was peer to peer money, I was expecting uh, or like Napster, right? So these were all the early peer to peer applications. And, and what I was expecting was something that was fast. And I didn't understand the time intervals. So I didn't touch it again 
uh, until when I was leaving, living in China and um, needed to use a VPN. Um, needing to use that VPN uh, actually drove me to start to research all kinds of things. So I looked into Bitcoin. I, I found this thing called MadeSafe and this, I, I don't remember the exact order, but I do believe that MadeSafe, their ICO was the reason I first bought Bitcoin. Um, and so I did that. Obviously, it's uh, many years later. MadeSafe says they're still working on the software, which I commend a lot. Um, maybe they're sitting on a giant stash of Bitcoins. I have no idea. Uh, but um, so what happened after that was really interesting, though, because crypto exchanges, I mean, I, I just thought they were incredible and ended up just trading everywhere for a while. Um, I can't say that there were really any massive profits other than, you know, if you have Bitcoin over time, it'll, it'll do well, although I eventually managed to destroy that bag too. Um, and uh, so, like, yeah, that, that's, that's like my entry into crypto within a year of that. I had actually stopped teaching, moved to Shenzhen, China, and I guess began an obsession with sort of the same security questions that, that I work on currently, uh, which all boil down to the fact that I don't really trust hardware, I guess. And uh, for now, you're based in Vietnam, right? Yep. Uh, so, uh, we have our office, the Brain Factory, uh, in Brain Hanoi, Vietnam. Brain Factory, it's like a mind center. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brain Factory, mind center. It, you know, there's yeah. a lot of different terms that, that can be used. Let's, let's make a short pause right there. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think uh, about... I want to ask you about history. What's, mm -hmm. what's the like most interesting historical event for, uh, for you and... Uh, you was the teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, but that's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, so, a lot of history is. I mean, what if it's not an event? What if it's a question? Um, maybe, maybe you had like, maybe you was uh, like excited when you learned about some kind of event, or maybe. Uh, well, it's the Languedoc documents, but yeah. but it's, it's 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 but the Languedoc documents are almost just a question. So there was this French village where, like, the priests would keep detailed notes of of every sin confessed to them, and what this actually became is sort of one of the the clearest pictures into the lives of people in the European like Middle slash Dark Ages. Um, and I guess it, that, that sort of stuff really interested me about history. Also, the study of ancient languages. Um, I, I studied Latin some in high school and college. And, and like and moving those texts, because we have a lot of texts, right? But like 
understanding them uh, in a in in the correct context is really very challenging. I think we can't understand it in in the right context because it was like a many years ago. Ah, but we can try. Yeah, yeah. But, at least we can try. <laughs> and 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 really, like, so that that's why I was like, well, what if it's more of a question? Because it's actually it was the trying in both cases, right? So like Languedoc documents, anything involving uh, ancient texts or, or like, all right, some, a very interesting thing to me was always um, the handwriting of monks, actually. So like, you know, the monks would copy, let's say the Bible. This is a, the Bible is the classic example, but this happened with every mass-produced document until the Gutenberg printing press, right? And then the internet really accelerated what Gutenberg started. Um, oh, and then there's a history of information. Oh, I got one, though. I got one. So, oh, yeah, this one's fun. <laughs> when did the internet start? When did the internet start? Yeah. I think in, like, early... Uh... 90s or 80s oh so uh, as a military research project the 60s but but get this but get this the internet started around 1850 1860 telegraph the telegraph is a binary system first version exactly exactly <laughs> and internet's this net yeah so um I imagine you've heard of like the concept of accelerationism. Um, and if we really look at the communication systems that began with telegraphy, uh, which, which was also, you know, run by, uh, how shall we say this? A class of, of very nerdy folks, right? Um, Nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 However, though, what we can see is that by increasing sort of like the density of our communication networks, um, we, we dramatically accelerated progress in society because people could reliably transmit information. Oh, man, maybe this all goes back to your original question. What's the most interesting thing about history? Well, it, it, you know, Technology has followed really an, an exponential line, except for like the, the only time that tech ever really faltered was, I, I would say, the European Dark Ages, uh, sometime after the fall of the Roman Empire. Um, however, the world is a world, and that doesn't mean that that happened all over the planet, right? It, it just happened in that one place. But today... Uh, as long as we don't screw over the internet, which frankly I, I think is sort of on the table now, uh, which is scary, then like we'll continue to mutually advance technology at an incredible speed. Um, and I, I do think that like the telegraph was sort of the first spark of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also think the same. Uh, but I haven't thought about that 
previously, but it looks really like a spark in my mind right now. So, so um, that was something I loved to teach, actually. Uh, when I was formally teaching history, I was teaching American history. And so the history of technology in frontier America is, it's amazing. Um, it, the, actually, the history industry is quite inter interesting, too. Uh, so, like, you know, you go from the simple telegraph systems to uh, early stock tickers, which, which actually printed on paper tape. Um, and we had those by, like, I think the 1920s. And, I mean, what you can see is this, this progression in the quality of transmission of information, uh, the trust level of that information. And I suppose this may be one of the things that drew me into blockchain, right? Because with Bitcoin, certainly Bitcoin, possibly Ethereum, possibly other chains, there is the possibility to reliably transmit information over time, maybe for the first time ever. Um, yeah, and uh, Bitcoin is like a first. Uh, we um, we discussed it yesterday on uh, our community call that uh, Bitcoin. Uh, so one speaker told that uh, Bitcoin is something that should be changed, and it's not really sustainable in the future because uh, validators, miners won't be interested in uh, continued continuing of decentralization and so on and so on because halving will decrease their income and so on so he uh like addressed us to chia's you know chia i do actually yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's how i got into cosmos yeah story <laughs> well it's how i got into validating cosmos yeah, yeah, yeah. you obviously had to like have to uh, I built a plotter and then I canceled. I, I decided not to do it, and that was my first validator machine. Uh, okay, so yeah. I, 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 um, I just want to finish my. Oh yeah, yeah. Thought and uh, Bitcoin will not be like super like mm, sustainable because uh, miners won't be interested in uh, continue of uh, this thing, and uh, he um, addressed us to Chia that it's like uh, they made something different in tokenomics. Mm -hmm. So they made like they stopped halving or they have plans to stop halving events and uh, then continue to have a like same uh, emission every like every year, every, every like epoch. So uh, it's about Bitcoin, but for now it's very sustainable, I think. Uh, so, I don't think Bitcoin should change. I think its fundamental value is... Yeah, and, I, and uh, I said, I forget to say about it, and I said that maybe Bitcoin is the thing that shouldn't be changed. Only one thing, at least we, we should have only one thing that should, shouldn't be changed. Like uh, uh, many, like, I think governments of different countries able to change the history. Mm -hmm. They're able to change, but Bitcoin should be like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is correct. And it's, it's one of the things that makes it so exciting. Um, 
it it really it seems to be now it's only 13 years old so 50 years from now this could prove to be you know terribly terribly wrong but this is 14 years old i just realized anyhow um like bitcoin seems to be a really really reliable anti-censorship mechanism so in general i'm against adding new features to it taproot was very interesting though i i kind of think that taproot and these brc20s and these uh what do they call them ordinals you 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 are telling uh right now about to like make like it's efficient to uh, uh to push uh bitcoin sufficient to a new level but not change like a core like uh, uh core stuff right yeah tap well taproot was was basically just a, a change in the types of cryptographic primitives supported by bitcoin and then people used it to build applications on top of bitcoin They're very similar to erc20s so like now you can have shit coins on bitcoin for, for lack of a better term yes um that i mean that was that was possible since uh colored coins were introduced but my understanding is that ordinals are it's a much more advanced version of that and um i guess fundamentally better so um okay will it remain i i used to mine bitcoin uh 2017 to 2019 and i'm still i'm not really active in the mining business anymore but i'm a shareholder and um I I don't think that miners will lose interest, but there is a bet here, okay? And the, the bet is that Bitcoin continues to be highly valuable. And I've read recently that uh, the cost of mining a coin may go up to about 40000 per coin at the next halving. I also don't know if those calculations are correct. Um, those calculations are actually really, really hard to make. and um, they're highly site specific. So each each physical location uh, will have its own cost profile, equipment profile, uh, energy cost. Um, there's there's really a lot that goes into determining like the cost of producing one Bitcoin. And my expectation though is that integration of Bitcoin with proof of stake networks and stuff is actually going to be what kicks off the next set of really large events uh, in Bitcoin's history. Only Bitcoins, not, uh, not also in the history of these coins, which would be integrated with Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, well, no, I think it'll be mutual, actually. Uh, I don't, have you spoken with Babylon Chain at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, okay, so um, I've I've had the good fortune of speaking with them like a ton. But it but it's interesting. Yes, <laughs> it really is. So I mean, I think that it successfully solves several really important proof of stake problems. Um, let's, so let's count them. Let's count them. Okay. <laughs> well. First of all, you have long-range attacks, okay? By, by taking 
the block headers of Cosmos chains, making a cryptographic summary, and then writing that cryptographic summary to the Bitcoin blockchain, you gain an additional ability to verify uh, the accuracy of the ledger over time, which right now is really hard. I mean, imagine syncing an entire 12 gigabyte Osmosis Archive node, right? Well, that's, I mean, or sorry, 12 terabyte uh, Osmosis Archive node. Well, that that's really what you have to do, at least if you want like the entire, entire transaction history, even though a state sync kind of, you get the same result. The trouble is you didn't verify every intermediary step. So it's possible that somewhere in there, there could have been fraud because when you state sync or use like one of those snapshots, you're, you're only looking at the tip. Now, the next thing is there are a bunch of infrastructure questions that relate to those snapshots and their, their provability. Polkachu, I'm so sorry, you're so great. Um, the Polkachu snapshots that everybody uses. Uh, Polkachu, I'm not accusing you of doing this. If Polkachu went evil, okay, uh, Polkachu could execute a long-range attack, I think, on a number of networks. Polkachu, it's just because of the quality of your work. Um, and, and so, like, basically, you know, be, because this one provider is so good, because I, I mean this, I mean this, like, I'm not saying that Polkachu is out doing long-range attacks. What I'm actually saying is they've been so effective and do such high-quality work that they, they dominate the snapshots that Cosmos validators use, and uh, Babylon Chain solves that. So you have long-range attacks. You have uh, infrastructure verification concerns. And then, I mean, I assume that, that Babylon will eventually uh, be used to get other types of proofs of data uh, from the Bitcoin chain and then bring them into Cosmos, potentially Bitcoin itself. I know that Nomic is working on that too. And I think that right now that's not in like the immediate term plans of Babylon. They're going to work just on security. Now, Flip it around. Okay, those are the benefits. Sorry mm -hmm. for interrupting. I yeah. just uh, don't want to forget this point. Sure. Uh, do Please. you know, is uh, mm -hmm. Nomic active in uh, development? Yes. Uh, so, uh, Mapum. Mapum. Uh, he just, whose name I know, but I don't remember, unfortunately. Might be Matt. Oh, anyhow. Um, Nomic's contributor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, 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 the lead Gnomic dude recently posted an update. And as far as I know, they're just doing slow, cautious software development, which is definitely the right way for... A, it's self-funded, right? I think so. Um, I think that they did raise some money. Um, From what? I think other Cosmos founders, but I'm not, I'm not even sure of this. Um, but I, I seem to recall some mention of it. And um, yeah, it's okay. Um, but do we need, do we really need like a Bitcoin in Cosmos? Yeah, we do. So we need, all right. And one more question. Yeah. Uh, following, uh, will, uh, will it 
make possible for other chains which are connected to Cosmos to have Bitcoin from Cosmos if Namik will bridge it like natively. For example, would it possible to have like a, a Bitcoin on Polkadot? Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, this is this is what makes Nomex so compelling. Uh, is that okay? I, I I must divert the topic for one moment to the miracle of IBC. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's mm -hmm. like a little bit for later. Okay. Or or we can't speak about it without. Okay. Like, well, like, well, here, here's here's the thing. These are related. So you're asking about like, do we need Bitcoin and Cosmos? Yes, definitely. And it's actually related to. Um, the light clients that we use. So, miracle of IBC is we've lost no money, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll just leave the summary at that. Okay. Like we've like there have been literally zero losses. That's crazy. It's amazing, and there have been so so many transactions now. And um, so. Why we need Bitcoin is that, first of all, Bitcoin is sort of like, in my opinion, it's the root of value in all cryptocurrency. You know, Ethereum wouldn't exist without Bitcoin. But then more importantly, I think that we need connections to Bitcoin. We need to be able to get data from that chain. Uh, we need to be able to store data in that chain because when we do that, we're dramatically increasing the security of our own work. Um, just because, you know, I do really believe that after, say, six blocks, so on average one hour, uh, a Bitcoin transaction, like when it's confirmed, it's confirmed. And well, let's say six. I don't think there's ever been a reorg deeper than six blocks. Um, and so... Yeah, my answer to your question is a hard yes. We do need it. Yeah, for sure. And also liquidity. I think in a Bitcoin locked too much liquidity for uh, that uh, is needed in like chains like Cosmos, Polkadot and so on because we have a lack of liquidity on even on DeFi. So, yes, although... It's not like my primary concern. Maybe, maybe the primary concern, it's, right? It's not really. It's like just uh, as addition for your words. Yeah, yeah. So, but check this out though. It's right now you can get Bitcoin liquidity against whatever on many, many centralized exchanges. So I guess what what I'd change about how you phrased it is I would say we we need it for Dex liquidity. Um, Right now, Bitcoin is only really liquid on, on centralized exchanges, and I, I think ThorChain as well. Not really. I tried to swap. Oh, really? Okay, what happened? How, tell me your user experience. I, I tried to swap a little amount of Atom to Bitcoin for native Bitcoin, but they have some kind of, like, uh, I don't know how to how, how it, this mechanism works. So you send some kind of your atom uh, with Mimo to some address, mm -hmm. and then from their address, they will send some kind of Bitcoin to you. It's not like a really cross chain. It's like a kind of um, uh, mechanism to do it. But yeah, there's there is quite unique. You're right. Yeah, but it but it wasn't 
it wasn't really uh, efficient. I had like a 20% slippage for a little sum of like $100. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it wasn't really good. But when they uh, just started this uh, this product, it was like a liquid and so on. Maybe it's like a, because of uh, like market conditions at this moment. I think they got hacked at some point. Um, uh, also, it's possible they were like hacked several times, but they continue developing. Yeah. And so this is this is why we need Bitcoin and Cosmos and, and why I mean, I really wish that that teams building exchange products and bridge products would really stop relying on multisigs. Um, like why we have to. Why do we have to? Well, there are great question. At present, without the multi-sigs, um, it's incredibly hard to make a bridge, say, from Ethereum to another chain. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. And so all of these different, you know, bridging products, even Axelar, unfortunately, um they you know are creating these contracts well xr says they're they're upgrading there's a deadline it's july 23 it's, some, it's something new for me <laughs> oh yeah they, they, they're really operating on the multi-sig yeah so, i mean the chain's not a multi-sig the eth contract uh is on an upgradable multi-sig based proxy contract it's like a it's a little bit simple but like a reliable it works <laughs> well the, the trouble is when the multi-sig gets compromised somehow and unfortunately i would say that that probably the most active compromiser of multi-sigs globally is it's the north korean military um you know they're they're incredibly good at this there's a military unit dedicated to um, to breaking different crypto products, sucking all the value out, and then, then exfiltrating the funds. And they've grown incredibly advanced at it to the point that I've read that crypto fraud or crypto theft, I should say, uh, represents about half of that, that country's uh, foreign exchange. Um, so like... That's that's the reason to avoid multi-sigs. Now you ask why why do we need them? Well, I guess we don't. Actually, let me I'll I'll uh, break out another Cosmos project. Gravity Bridge does not use a multi-sig. Uh, they have a non-upgradable, intensely intensely audited contract on Ethereum, and so far it has not broken. Um, Gravity is. I have felt for a while that they are quietly winning bridging to ETH um, because they built a very simple and elegant solution. Um, in fact, on the ETH side, there's more value being secured than the market, cha market cap of the Gravity Bridge chain. And uh, that, that's actually a little bit dangerous. Somebody could potentially buy lots of Grav and, um, you know, attack the chain that way. Because if you hit two thirds, you can arbitrarily change state. 
uh, on a Cosmos chain. But I think that that attack probably doesn't work because they'd have to drive up the price dramatically in order to do it. This action might really poten potentially really might to attract more attention for Cosmos. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I don't think that like, I, I think getting to 66% would prove to be, I don't know if it would be impossible, but really hard. And then you, you would likely drive up the price of Grav above the price of the assets you're trying to secure is, is kind of my opinion. Um, okay. Yeah. So the... Here, the the reason for these multi sigs though convenience. It's a lot less difficult to build a multi sig bridge than it is to do something like IBC. Um, there are a number of teams working on IBC to Ethereum. Um, Composable is one of them, and they just finished up IBC connections uh, to the Polkadot ecosystem. I've been stunned at that one, actually. I had no expectation that it would move and grow so quickly. Strange Life Ventures also working, yeah? Yeah, so I really like that. That product is a collaboration between uh, Composable, Strange Love, and Notional. So I also want to add uh, right here about. Uh, the thing is, we discussed it with uh, Vladi uh, from Posthuman mm -hmm. um, about the beautifulness of Cosmos and the Polkadot. That it is like a place, but the Cosmos is like a more, uh, more, more better example for of. Uh, kind of bunch of people that really want to be here not because of being paid but they just <laughs> they, they just love to be here yeah yeah oh definitely dude that um i mean this is one of the things that really pulled me in is is that extreme infrastructure focus um i'll even i'll you know i'll tout jay kwan's original vision which is indeed like one of the things that that pulled me in which was like he wanted a way to trade Bitcoin securely uh, after the Mt. Gox attacks. And this, apparently this led to a whole bunch of, you know, it was a chain reaction in his mind. And, you know, it led to this focus on the infrastructure layer that just makes a tremendous amount of sense. And I do think that that's what attracted all the contributors um yeah let's uh make a like a short introduction of the things that you are currently doing you are so founder or founder of uh national not yeah, yeah. Notional, no, right? yeah yeah what it, what is it what is it uh well that's a brain factory a mind center um an R&D lab. So we were in the beginning more of like a validator. What happened really quickly after we started was that we needed to solve problems in order to relay. 
there were a bunch of performance issues and we started to work on those. And then we started to collaborate with other teams on those. And then we began to validate more chains and, and eventually what this led to was becoming sort of like a very engineering focused, so software engineering focused. Uh, Are you a CEO? Yeah, yes I am. Uh, how good are you at CEO position? At CEO position? Well, I, you know, okay. <laughs> um, how good am I at that? I, I, I don't think there's a way to rate this other than metrics, right? If we use the metrics, I'm real good. Uh, so metrics, uh, revenue keeps increasing. Uh, how many person do you have? Uh, our team is 30 now. Uh, your team is sturdy. And yeah. what do you think your employees think about you? <laughs> um, what do I think the employees <laughs> think about me? Uh, well, I mean, so that's, a, that's actually a very interesting question. I try to be a teacher. Let's live in the But comments. we'd have to, we'd need to ask. We would need to ask them, actually. And that's something I'm kind of interested in doing. Not so much about myself but about their stories so like and most of seven seven we have 17 shareholders a lot of our employees aren't employees um what i mean by that is i'm asking what they uh actually think about you uh like in about your how 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 good are you on the ceo position <laughs> on that on that aspect maybe they uh, able to make something better than you, <laughs> for example. Maybe they think, right, uh, like that. I don't know. I mean... Let's make a, like, poll <laughs> or quiz. You <laughs> could. Um, for them. I mean, you certainly could. I, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know. I, I, evaluate, I evaluate performance for myself basically based on Customers, indeed, there is a team happiness survey. Uh, team members feel that they're learning. Notional team, are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> growing. Um, are you growing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting new, getting new opportunities. Um, what I actually wanted to do, though, and I think would be really cool. So the, there was this guy, Kang, who... Well, he basically started to follow me around uh, everywhere. Um, this is, he's a co-founder. And um, uh, this, this is how he became a co-founder, actually. Um, I'd like to bring him out here to do one of these, in fact. I also, uh, we discussed previously a little bit about the history of the internet invention and uh, bringing it to our uh, lives and uh, looking back, what was your first crypto experience when you just only met crypto first time? Your first interaction? I think technically I got rugged. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. What was mean, your experience? I got rugged. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I like my first experience was buying <laughs> buying MidSafe coins. So I yeah I do believe I believe that I uh, I got rugged. <laughs> uh, how it was? 
what, what was it your like biggest like mess up in crypto or mm, oh well the biggest mess up was probably deleting well not deleting i i locked myself out of a, a substantial bitcoin wallet well it wasn't substantial at the time but you know now it is because it started in 2013 so that's got to be the largest one I maybe related not really with only like losing funds. Maybe you had like some kind of opportunity and you didn't use it or some kind of that. Oh, well, that's losing funds too. If you think about it. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I mean, possibly not getting involved in ETH. Um, I I didn't get involved in ETH early on. Um, and I had, you know, a bunch of opportunities to do that. And yeah, this, I mean, this losing funds, definitely. Uh, add please two words here uh, about your background in the different crypto projects. You told me about some kind of project you participated already, some kind of like with Bit. But bit, uh, uh, bit shares. Yeah, bit, bit shares. shares. You was uh, yeah. You was uh, like a head of development or, or what? Oh no 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 no. So Dan Larimer was the head of development. No, at the time I was just like a pleb user, um, and I did I did work with Dan for like a couple of weeks, um, and on Steemit, another project that that he built. Um, let's say it was not really a very good fit. Um, but I stayed in touch with him for quite some time. Um, I guess BitShares was probably the first time I really got like under the hood in, in crypto systems and then steam it much more so. And then I became discontent with steam. It. I wanted to change consensus actually to Tendermint. Um, I had a, a very significant um, yeah, dis, dis, very significant discontent with the lack of finality in Steemit's consensus. So I wanted to move it to something that actually like does finalize. And only Tendermint really did. This is how I met Jay. It's also uh, you started how... Cosmos with uh, Jay. Oh, I didn't start Cosmos with Jay, but no, I mean... no, no, no. I, I mean, uh, you started uh, your journey in Cosmos yeah. with Jay. Yeah, I did. Yep. Uh, actually, I got to tell you, man. Like, I wish he hadn't. Something has changed, and it seems to have to do with like really hating Jewish people. I don't, I don't really get it, but. Uh, that's that's my read on it and it's more than that though it's a good deal more than that but i i think other people who worked with him very early on also have a really really positive assessment of of working with him in the early years i mean i certainly do i know zucky does i think jack does as well um although you know zucky worked with him much much longer ago but I think Bucky does. I, I think like, you know, there's this universal uh, assessment. It's like that, a Cosmos OGs, OGs, OGs of OGs. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I mean, like, well, because we were all kind of brought together by Jay, and that, that was a huge accomplishment of his. Um, the way that I met him was I was just going through GitHub looking at consensus mechanisms that were written in Go specifically. And, and it's really interesting. <laughs> I, I, I also want to like join the movement to jump in the train and uh, learn like more about about you, about uh, the history of Cosmos and uh, and and I, I already know something mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, what kind of problems uh, Cosmos could solve and uh, and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But we will discuss it a little bit later. Okay. okay. Yeah, man. And um, also to uh, add a little bit here, uh, yesterday we had a like conversation with a like. Also, I already told about him, a uh, guy from a uh, very big like Russian-speaking community of uh, like crypto enthusiasts. He have like a kind of two hundred thousand of uh, followers on YouTube, mm -hmm. and he said. We asked him why he decided to make his product on Cosmos, on top of Cosmos, and he said that, uh, you know, Cosmos is like a only one layer, uh, layer zero, layer one project that made everything that he uh, proposed in his white paper and roadmap from 2017. No one did. But yeah, that's, but, that's very true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but 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 Cosmos did, and uh, why do we need to learn how to make a blockchains when we could like use everything that Cosmos already built? We need to make a product. We need to make a project, not like how not we we don't need to learn how to make blockchains. Guys from Cosmos already did it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I, this actually is the big draw, and that's that's even like what Jay taught me 2016, like around summer, I think, was the time I met him. And that vision of like having the chain infrastructure, then plugging the app into it is really, really key, and it does. It shaves so much time off of development, but there's one more thing. This is actually why I skipped Ethereum, by the way. I skipped Ethereum because I didn't want to be in somebody else's system. I wanted to have, you know, one that the community of users controls. And while maybe Cosmos accomplished this to, let's say, varying degrees, depending on the chain, right? I actually do believe that's more or less the case. Like, we actually accomplished that if you're writing contracts on ethereum you, know, you can't really change the the you can't change what ethereum is so yeah. your options are, are limited to what you can do in solidity and in cosmos maybe a really good example of this actually is dydx i also heard the same point already yeah oh yeah 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 it, yeah it's uh it's it's really good that you could like change something but you can change ethereum so because of that many projects are considering cosmos as uh, yeah. the main technology for their product yeah um like 
DYDX went so deep in the engineering to build what they've built. Uh, basically, like, you know, their product. Do they need to be so deep if they want to make, uh, like, their... Actually, yeah. If, okay. if they want to make it really good. So here's an interesting uh, analogy or comparison. In a few days, Osmosis will upgrade to V16, okay? And originally... It's long awaited. Yes. Yes, it is. But like, I guess here's sort of like, I want to trace the evolution for you to give you an idea of why Cosmos matters to the Osmosis product. So I would say that on V1, you could have done almost all of that on Ethereum. In fact, it was based on balancer, right? However, no IBC on ETH. And so it, it couldn't connect to all these chains that really, really have their own agenda. On Ethereum, you know, you have Ethereum's agenda. I don't, I don't think you can follow another one. But in Cosmos, Akash can go and do Akash. Sentinel can go and do Sentinel. And like somebody, oh, oh really good example. There was this uh, Armenian guy and he made a chain called Arcadian one validator and he connected it to osmosis and you know he was selling tokens and stuff i was the relayer i thought because at the time there were a lot of chains onboarding to osmo right so i just i set up one node and i you know relayed i, I wasn't validating i had no idea there was only one validator and then one day he changed a setting crashed the whole chain and, and i'm like yeah i mean i don't think it's going to relay anymore and I'm like, what happened though, dude? And <laughs> he's like, well, you know, I was the validator. Uh, the validator? <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't, I don't think that guy was tremendously skilled. But he pulled off his own chain. Now, sure, he blew it up. Yeah, it was low quality. Let's make a pause. Break. But um, that's how easy it was. Like, that, like, and you could too. Uh, AIB, the company, they have their product Ignite. You make chain in 15 minutes. Um, now, getting the validators, deploying that chain, planning its tokenomics, all that other stuff, much, much longer than 15 minutes, right? And I, I think that what the Arcadian gentleman did is, is he, just, he just did the 15 minutes and then connected it to Osmosis. Um, they had a good logo, actually. <laughs> Dude, yes, exactly. Um, you remember them, okay? Uh, I remember it only because of like a very high inflation rate. It had like a one hundred thousand APR on uh, really, yeah, on the on the restake, and because of that, I remember. Ah, wait, why was there a restake on it? I, I don't know, but restake is that... yeah. Well, like there was only ever one validator, I think. I he could have like brought it back. Um, I don't know. I you know I haven't spoken to him in a, in a year or two, but like that it's it's exactly that. So like you you have a fully functioning chain, you know, without really doing much. Notional has a product to make one too. So you have you know the ignite option. You have uh, nursery option and um, 
nursery is the one that we made because baby blockchains. I wrote a paper once called baby blockchains. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had a like conversation with uh, cyber founders with mm -hmm. uh, with Dimas Paradupsev, Valera Litvin, and Serge uh, Nebashkovsky, uh, and uh, they are they every of them are really focused to bring something new in crypto space. I know. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they are like working on this uh, point. It's like a not a like trivial thing. It's something that uh, takes time and uh, some ideas and stuff. And uh, do you want to make something or maybe you did something already for crypto? Maybe you have some ideas or like some somebody not really want to like make something special. Some people like want to like make their job, make their like some kind of just earn money or something like that. But they have too many different ideas. Uh, so I mean, really inspiring ideas. Yeah. Well, my my focus is kind of on statelets in terms of what interests me. So, you know, I I think that. Cosmos governance is way better than nation state governance. And I think that, no, I think we can do it. I don't know precisely when or how, but I already had a project called dig. That was, you know, that was our aim. It still is the aim. Dig is, um, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it yesterday. It's not really in a good state right now. I gotta, there are, <laughs> it's uh, in a dig state. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's um there there are technical issues with it. Uh, during the time of Dragonberry, like the actual time of it, I was on an airplane, and all oh, Dragonberry is like an issue. Yeah, yeah, it was a you know fairly serious um, bug in the Cosmos stack. I made the decision to um, ask the validator, say, "Hey guys, you're cool. That let let's just go down and let's apply the patch." Like when I'm not in an airplane and <laughs> that was a terrible decision because uh, the, the chain is still suffering from a set of technical issues uh, that, that date back to that choice. And, um, but like, if you're asking like, what's, what's the thing that you really want to see happen? It is, it is exactly that. It's like the ability to self-govern, uh, the ability to also get beyond tokens. I mean, tokens are cool and stuff. I like them, uh, but I, land, you know, and, and what could be better as a land registry than a blockchain due to, due to its permanence, right? And then also... You mean, you mean some like uh, world-like related assets? Yeah, exactly. Bingo. Yeah, real world assets uh, on the blockchain, like tokenized, uh, like like that, right? Well, no, I, I don't want to tokenize things. Uh, well, in this case, I, uh, I you you, ju you just want to like make a registration of uh, of them, like a like a what? Well, so okay, first of all, a piece of land, right, can be an NFT. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. A, and 
then that's tradable. But how but, to meet com how, how to meet compliance uh, and uh, everything? Well, stuff? so actually, this is the great question. No, no, this this is the massive question. This is the reason. I don't know if you know this, Ukraine had basically like the world's best crypto policies uh, pre-war. And I think they were in place for about three months. When the war started, they entered martial law, and those laws also were suspended. That was going to be our first market. And uh, so obviously, you know, that didn't work. That was a huge economic blow uh, to the DIG project. But basically... I think that in order to handle compliance for real on-chain real estate transactions, all you really need is, okay, there are two routes. One of them is more extreme, one is less extreme. So um, in the less extreme route, you're integrating uh, with some country's uh, land registry. So right now, when you buy a piece of property, you register that with the state. And it sits, you know, in a computer or on a piece of paper somewhere, and that's that. The idea is to get that land registry onto a public blockchain. Um, and the reason that you might do that is that at that point, well, one, those records are much easier to access. Maybe a lot more importantly, you can rapidly update those records right now that is a slow and tedious and expensive process but like what if somebody wanted to sell like only the pool okay um you could it would be possible for with this well yeah if you're able to update the land registry automatically then the pool just becomes another nft and you know then somebody can legally own the pool and only the pool right um i don't want to have someone <laughs> around my pool for example well but i mean what if, what if you do you know what what if what if you would like to do that right or in the case of developing a new area and actually this is this now we're getting into the more extreme example place that's not really settled um you so you have bare land, right? And let's forget the government in this case, right? Let's say you either privately own that land, the chain privately owns that land with, with enough force so that they can develop, you know, whatever they'd like to on it and somehow you can self-govern or you've found that magic ungoverned plot of land, right? I realize that's an assumption, but I actually do believe that this will happen because of efficiency. I was saying to somebody the other day that I, I think that we just have to get to the place where we're a couple of times better than traditional governments and corporations. And when we are a couple of times better, and by the way, I think we're, we're already better now, we might even be a couple of times better now, then naturally people are going to want, they're going to demand this because I mean, how many governance votes have you participated in Cosmos? Me personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hundreds, in, right? In many of them. Yeah. And uh, can you think of one time? Yesterday I wrote on uh, Asmosis proposals and on Juno also. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, and 
you know, I can't think of a single time where somebody cheated the votes. Mm, not really, but maybe some kind of like, uh, I believe everyone remember like a drama of, like Rina said, like uh, we like second day in a row repeat the uh, her phrase like uh, DPS drama per second. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Cosmos, but it but it means that Cosmos is like alive. There are many like views, yep. dif different points of view, and so on. So. Um, about uh, you remember the controversial like uh, proposal like 16 on Juna, and uh, it won't be cheated. But uh, we heard something like Takumi paid for like uh, like votes or something like that. But it I can mean, it can it can be changed like uh, under the hood. Yeah, you, you you can't you can't check for that stuff. But also in the real world, you can't check for that stuff, right? Um, it's, it's really hard to it's work out the bribery, but in the real world, there are countless examples of cheating the actual election, right? Countless examples of like where, you know, oh, there was a vote, people vote one way, but then it's decided another way because they stuffed a bunch of additional papers in the box or whatever it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that doesn't that doesn't happen in these systems. Uh, the choices are really pretty precise, um, and uh, that I guess what I'm saying is governance is a product or service, and I, I don't think that most countries are doing a great job of it. I certainly don't feel that way about my own country, for example. Uh, I think countries not really interested in such kind of solutions because they can like add several more papers in the box. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, because of that, we don't have any country with like a blockchain based uh, like governments or something kind, yeah. kind of that. Um, but it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, and also, IBC is so well suited for this. It's it's a conversation that we had so much early on that we sort of let fade into the background. Um, that was like, well, I, I, you know, Cosmos. One of the very very early visions was like self governing regions, right? And I really want to make that happen and, and it it uh, at the same time it's like sovereign exactly and it's connectable yeah, so it's these self-governing regions would also have a really easy time of creating their own currencies moving value between each other and communicating communicating securely I, I i would add only one point to that mm -hmm. and at this time at this moment we are like explaining cosmos for really for for the people that are not really involved mm -hmm. and it's like a very good explanation it's like a countries connected to each other definitely where you could uh like swap your euros to dollars without any like uh yeah. entities and it's like a, it it one euro would cost one dollar in the other country because like it's equal 
you will have same amount same liquidity in the other blockchain other country <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, it's like a vision of uh, cosmos Polkadot to uh, bring liquidity very easy and move it very easy across the different like uh, yeah entities yep definitely agree um and and i, I just feel like that this will naturally happen and i don't know where or exactly how but um that's something i'm actively like searching for it will be started in some like uh crypto like friendly country maybe somewhere you, do, do you know that uh search from uh, citizen cosmos is yeah. currently doing some kind of stuff on madeira it's oh no yeah just yeah, yeah just <laughs> you, you just have to ask because he's like uh he rented a big space for like crypto center and he's doing some kind of uh madeira yeah Lit is going to Madeira. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, I'll make that connection. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's also in. Uh, maybe if somebody's looking this to this video currently right now, and uh, on nineteenth of July, you would able to meet uh, Eric Osmanot in on in Bali. Very on, true. Yeah, on on Atom Bali event. So join the movement also. And so, uh, or I will make a video a little bit later about this event. I would, I'd love to have some kind of recording from, uh, from this event. So, uh, oh, definitely. Could you explain what mm -hmm. is uh, Cosmos SDK and IBC for me, but I'm like eight or ear person? Cosmos IBC, like you're eight years old. No, Abs no, no, no. Uh, mm -hmm. Cosmos SDK, then Cosmos IBC. Ah, okay. SDK, like you're eight years old. Hi. It is like Legos. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. It is. It's very much like Legos. It's so you have systems and machines, and you want to build things on top of them. The SDK is the components. That you need to build those systems. I can now, that I'm eight years old. Yep. <laughs> what yep. is now, <laughs> Once you once you have once you have the system together, which is many computers talking to each other could, all the you time. Could, you could create. Yeah, there we go. All right. So we have let's say that this is a computer, this is a computer, this is a computer. And these computers are all talking to each other and they are separate. It's their own system and the people who work on this system can make any change as long as everybody who uses this computer because it becomes sort of just one computer you have four computers but they really become effectively just one machine as long as all of the users agree you can change this machine how you want to over time so and we can like flip them if, yeah. if everybody agree absolutely if everybody agreed you can turn all the things over and then the thing is that with the sdk people people started to build these so over here you have you have one network okay and then you have another 
and they started, you know, they were playing, playing with their Legos and this, it's not connected to this. This is not connected to this. They learned that there were different ways to connect these systems, but none of them were safe. So somebody might try to send uh, a text message to somebody over here in this village and everybody can read it or it even gets changed along the way. But what Cosmos IBC provided was a safe way to actually link the system. So this, we could think about this as Cosmos IBC. And that lets the two things communicate to each other easily and most importantly, safely. Well, when you're using IBC, after you've built your community computer, uh, you're able to actually pass messages to another community computer safely. And this message would be like equal when it will uh, come out from this one and come here. Yes, and it'll be the same. Yeah. And it's and this computer will know that this computer received the message and did things with it. There's a thing called a callback. So the message is sent out and it's sent over to here. Hey, we got it. And over to here. Hey, we got it. And then finally, hey, we got it. And then at this time, that message is cleared from this group of computers. To I five think, back and forths. I think that's great. It's uh, like incredible for uh, for people who will like watch this video. It it is a good example how to explain what is what the cosmos is, what the IBC is, and uh, it is not necessary to know all the tech stuff tech stuff to like explain how it works and it's like beautifulness of uh, cosmos and it it works for it, it it was made in my vision it was made for people to like communicate yes absolutely um what do you think um i also wanted to like discuss a bit about written hack written hack yeah what is that? Recent hack. Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, latest one for like, I don't remember the exact uh, name of the project. It was hacked several days ago. Uh, Poly or some kind of that. Oh, I think it was called multi-chain. Also, multi-chain was exploited. Uh, oh, okay. Well. But you're, you're, you're talking about Poly. And, and uh, it, it, it's okay. It's all, uh, all the examples are are good for uh, speaking about IBC. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very that's very true. Actually, they're sort of the same thing. Uh, hackers stole more than like six hundred six hundred millions uh, from one of the project, and uh, no one like sent from IBC. Yep. How how it's how it's possible and uh, why IBC is uh, some kind of interesting for uh, projects? Why you don't need to build like your uh, um, bridge, yeah. uh, your own bridge? So IBC demands proof. That I think that's the biggest difference between IBC and other technologies. So 
we can be over here and um, basically, okay, let's talk the whole IBC life cycle. It'll take a second, it is fairly technical. So you have a chain, you have another chain. And a light client is the summary of the state of the chain that can be proven with math. So like at this point in time, everything is correct. A relayer will <clears throat> first read the state of chain A, and then write the state of chain A to chain B. It'll read the state of chain B, and it'll write the state of chain B to chain A. And once that is done, you have what's called the client layer complete. Now, the next step is to do the connection layer, okay? So basically, the relayer will initiate a connection on top of the client. One client can have many connections. And so basically, okay, open the connection, open the connection, and there are a few uh, acknowledgement messages as well. After that, you have the channel. Now, the channel is the application layer protocol. The client provides security. The connection provides the actual connection between the chains. And the channel, you do things like you move tokens over a channel, for example. Yeah, relayer. Yep. Well, the relayer sits between the chains. The channel, so IBC is, is three separate key pieces of software. Clients at the bottom. They handle proof. And actually, this is what prevents the hacks. So uh, periodically, uh, go back to, let's say we have here a client, a connection, and a channel, right? Well, these are actually layers that depend on each other. So for example, if the client is not kept up to date, because that's the security proof between the two chains, if the client isn't kept up to date, then the channel will eventually close, typically after two weeks. Uh, the lifetime... Automatically? Yes, yeah, that's correct. That's, um, that's why we have to use governance to uh, set a client to, to up, update a client after it's expired. Because what you're actually saying is like when you're creating the first clients, okay, they, they mutually trust one another because they can prove the states. Uh, so A can prove B, B can prove A, right? However, if there's no client update for a couple of weeks, the clients will expire. And then the stakeholders have to approve an update of the client for the channel to go live again. And the reason is that there's a human trust assumption when you replace a client in IBC. What do you think uh, in terms of uh, current situation on the crypto market when people are have to build their own bridges to bridge some uh, funds from for example, one chain, EVM compatible to another one. And uh, could they really simple transfer their whole idea to Cosmos and make it like, and use IBC 
for their own purposes. Is it simple for like developers to, for example, they uh, one day they uh, they are seeing some hack mm -hmm. and uh, they have a uh, thought like maybe I need to build something safe for yeah. my uh, users, customers, etc. And uh, I already have uh, some code written mm -hmm. and uh, maybe I would like use Cosmos or something like that. Is it possible for them to transfer? It's possible and it's quite hard. So the reason that it's quite hard is the bottom layer of the IBC stack, the clients. Okay, let's, mm -hmm. uh, let's uh, ask it. Uh, in another way, if it's if it's hard, quite hard, will it be easier? Getting easier every day, getting much easier and, every day. And it's like a kind of part of the way of uh, Cosmos contributors to make it make this like switch easier for. Yes, I mean, I, I would say that that's just absolutely and plainly uh, our desire. Right. So, I mean, all, all of the people working on an in Cosmos have have different interests. Right. You ask me, what's what's your big dream? And I'm like, self-governing areas of land. Right. And um, I don't think that everybody has the same dream project. But I do think that everybody's really aligned on making secure IBC viable and easier to use. Um, I will now. Uh, toss out some praise to people who have made really big contributions to that. So, first of all, uh, to the IBC team. So, right now, IBC is being developed uh, by a team called IG Entertain Gamba. And um, I feel like they're doing really fantastic work. Now, if we go past that, the, the next really big innovation is probably out of Strangelove, and that is the um, Wasm IBC client. Uh, it's a powerhouse because previously you, you couldn't update the client itself uh, if you needed to without upgrading the whole chain. And now that we have the Wasm IBC client, um, you can actually do that. Uh, with So when we upgrade one of these chains, right, the community computer has to go down and then come back up. But basically, they've taken the flexibility of Cosm Wasm and then applied it to the IBC stack. And this that's how Composable was built. So you had basically like, you know, years of research on making IBC secure. You had uh, Composable's research on porting IBC to the Polkadot ecosystem. Now we'd have to ask Composable, but I, I believe that really took off because they wanted interoperability between substrate chains and did the research, did the work, found IBC to be the best, and then ported the IBC protocol uh, to substrate using Rust. And um, all of this came together 
in, you know, Composables Cosmos 2. So all these pieces were finally clicked together. And um, what this led to was, well, I mean, now we have IBC between, it's crazy, it's IBC between Polkadot, Kusama, uh, and Centauri, the composable chain. And there's dot on osmosis. There's different um, polka dot ecosystem assets uh, that are coming to osmosis as well. And so like this is, I think this is the best example of replacing like a multi-sig bridge. In fact, uh, osmosis is going to make the, the canonical form of polka dot on osmosis uh the form of polka dot that does not go through like the axillary solution but instead goes directly through ibc and all this is about trust assumptions in a weird way the chains demand proof from each other they're not actually uh assuming that the other chain that they're talking to should be trusted and um, so they, so back to your question about making this easier. There are a couple of tools that have recently been developed to make this easier. One of these is the Wasm client. Another one of these is Interchain Test. And I think that the whole ecosystem is strongly aligned on making this stuff work. To my knowledge, Currently, there's, I think it's three. I may forget the name of the third project, but you've got Composable, you've got uh, Polymer. I wish they would change the name because I always want to say Polygon, but they're Polymer. Um, and working on IBC into Ethereum. And by the way, I think that's sort of the big, big thing. I saw recently uh, like a roadmap for IBC, IBC to Ethereum, Polkadot, Bitcoin, Near, or some kind of that. And they are working on this stuff currently, yep. right? Yeah. We'll never really be able to IBC to Bitcoin. Never able. Never able. Uh, it is, it's, it's a probabilistic system. So we'll have to use a bridge. Actually, this, this may interest you. The bridge, though doesn't need to be a multi-sig bridge. That bridge can be a chain. And then everybody who talks to that chain can have the security of IBC. And you were asking about Nomic, is it still being developed? To me, the answer is a, a clear, hard yes. And well, why is it going so slowly? Well, to me, the answer to why development on Nomic is, is relatively slow is I think they're being extremely careful uh, because that one's going to sure. be probably the most picky. Sure. And uh, could you tell in uh, like one, two, three sentences mm -hmm. why regular developer should consider Cosmos uh, and develop and make some code of, on Cosmos instead of other chains? Uh, or if it's like a developer, why he should uh, to, or her to choose the Cosmos SDK and Cosmos infrastructure to build their own product on chain or to like 
leverage security from uh, Cosmos Hub or other stuff. Yes. Because if you want to build a decentralized application, there's no faster or safer way. That's that's why. Okay. So let's make some kind of uh, short uh, questions, short answers. Okay. Only like in a one sentence. Sure. Uh, tell us what's missing in Cosmos and what might be developed and changed for Cosmos ecosystem itself. Okay. I would say that right now it's really IBC to Ethereum. Um, yeah. And oh, and what might be developed? IBC to, to Ethereum. I mean, I, I could also say that having additional virtual machines or improving Cosmwasm is quite interesting too. Not other solutions like for bringing users only like cloud related. Well, I, I feel that like, let's take the ETH IBC example, okay? My feeling is that we do that. It's it's just going to be a floodgate. Um, uh, okay, it's floodgate for which applications? Uh, hell, let's, let's do the controversial <laughs> one, right? Dydx. Um, it's not recently launched, but okay. Oh, it it will. It will. Okay. But it would be like a something new in Cosmos, and. Uh, at this moment, we don't have like many different chains to attract users, like GameFi or some kind. We of have that. the most chains. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, GameFi. All right, this is this is a really this 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 is a hot one. Look, uh, when we finally get it right. Yeah, we 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 definitely will get it. I also spoke with guys from. You heard about Quion Chain? Uh, they Ooh. built a cosmic cosmic horizon product. They building like a game modules to like. Uh, have you played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, maybe once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. they are making like modules, uh, especially on Cosmos SDK, to like uh, as like a overseer to like. Wait, they're gonna make a DND chain. Uh, yeah, they make it on, <laughs> on their own chain, and nice. they they make some modules to like control all things that are currently happening in the game. Yeah. So, so you would be able to, for example. Uh, if you have a PvP yeah. with some player, some player might uh, think, oh, I will just drop out and uh, I won't uh, lose this battle. Mm -hmm. But this module will uh, will track the statement of these two persons. And if they joined, if even if he leave uh, this battle, he will lose because he won't do any actions. And... It, these models will track like different kinds of uh, assets on persons, assets on different like uh, uh, like markets in the space, and so on and so on. So it's like very interesting, I think. This is why to use the Cosmos SDK. Yeah. By the way, because they didn't have to focus on building the the fundamental blockchain technology. They got to focus on building models. gaming technology. Exactly. Um. And that's so that that's a really excellent example. Also, I think that one day that there will be a game chain that, I mean, billions and billions of dollars. I just I don't know which one it is, and I don't know when it'll happen. Uh, which big project will join the like Cosmos? Mm. <laughs> well, could 
Could, uh, okay, let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will ask a little bit different. Yeah. Will Uniswap join and uh, accept the Cosmos? Um, I'm not sure about that. You know, Uniswap has tied itself closer to Ethereum. Do you know about the the protohub? Pro, uh, excuse me, protocol hooks in yeah. you do yeah. in, in V4. Okay, so like we can actually see that ETH is becoming kind of like a Uniswap centric uh, app chain. Um, in that, you know, changes were made to Ethereum for Uniswap. So I guess with with Uniswap, I'd say no, but I would add a detail. Okay, I would say that IBC will come to Ethereum. And then, given that applications in Cosmos will be able to securely communicate with Ethereum, a really good example of this actually is, um, you know, Somalia? Um, not really. Okay. It's a chain that... Uh, oh, Somalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Fund, uh, fund management. or Exactly. Yeah. So, like... Uniswap didn't really come to Cosmos in that case, but what actually happened is Cosmos came to Uniswap because that chain will, will you know, manage automatically uh, your Uniswap positions. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question is, will we have next bull run in crypto? Yes. How to get more funds in Cosmos? Keep doing what we're doing. Building infrastructure. Build this IBC to Ethereum. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I mean, well, there's the build this IBC to Ethereum. There's get, you know, a secure solution for bringing in Bitcoin. But but I guess I might have a, uni- a unique view. I, I see so much development happening on unreleased products. So if we keep doing what we're doing, we will get there. Um, should products like uh, Persistence, Yumi, and other uh, consider to move to Cosmos uh, side chain? I would say I forget the I, I, to, to ICS. Yeah, yeah, to ICS. I mean, they should consider it if it's to their benefit. So. Basically, uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, sorry, sorry for mm-hmm. interrupting. I heard about persistence. You mean Stargaze currently uh, considering this yep. point? Um, and I, and I actually think that that all of those chains are likely to benefit from those moves. Um, now I can't say for sure that it'll work out in the long run, right? Or that all of them will move. But like we look at Umi. Yeah, that adds something natural to the suite of applications around the hub. We look at Stargaze, I feel the same way. Uh, we look at Persistence, I also feel the same way. Maybe, and I, and, maybe we will mm-hmm. have a conversation with them if they will join Atom Bali. <laughs> they will. They'll be there. Yeah, yeah. That'll be really cool. Oh, dude, that'd be great. Let's do it. They look like a chain. Uh, in comparison to other, they doing good. Dude. Uh, so, um, it looks like they have strategy at least. <laughs> absolutely. And in, in fact, let me just say that at, that at one point I, I had lost all hope in that chain. That is absolutely no longer the case. Um, they are 
just driving ahead with software development and also pushing very hard to, you know, really try new techniques in liquid staking. Um, yeah, huge, huge supporter of the direction they've taken recently, man. Uh, last two questions. One is, uh, what goal you should achieve to say, I'm done, everything is perfect. I could like drop out my keyboard and just... Uh, can it be silly? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, the, the land thing. I would need to get, you know, a, a self-sovereign land system going. I would feel very satisfied, but there's, there's actually another thing as well. I, I want to buy a blimp. I, I assume that if I ever was able to buy a blimp, uh, and of course, you know, pay for the blimp's maintenance and such, and, and float around the world with my family, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't think I would put the keyboard down. I'd, I'd probably just, just do stuff from the blimp. But, I mean, that, so I, I suppose we have a product goal, the land stuff, and a, and a personal goal. I, I really do want to float around the world in a blimp. I think that would be awesome. And last one, uh, please tell like kind of advice for those people who will watch this video, yeah. maybe to how to like join the movement or maybe like just your own thoughts. I'll take two directions. All right. If you're an engineer, I would say contribute. Um, so if you're, if you're doing software engineering, you know, uh, check out the stack and figure out how to make contributions, even if they're small. My, my first contribution was seriously like to the readme file of, temp, of, of Tenderman. Um, not, not big, you know? And uh, once you start to do that, you sort of get engaged in this, this cycle of contributing and building, and it's really great. So that's what I'd say to the engineering audience. Now, what I would say to somebody who's interested in crypto doesn't you know really quite know what to do i would start to play with osmosis or the cosmos hub and probably osmosis first and the reason for that osmosis is very easy now please keep in mind no financial advice please keep in mind i shared seriously the first token i ever bought i was i was rugged like crazy so i i can't like don't, uh, don't bring your money there just uh ask in communities give me some like coins to like interact with many faucets are oh i mean it's available it, it's that. osmosis then because from osmosis you can go to the whole cosmos you know and there's not really another place in cosmos that can do that although if if trading nfts is interesting stargaze is a, a really solid in my mind number two for ease of use. Um, I enjoy it a lot. I, I, I enjoy OmniFlakes because of its infrastructure solutions for different kinds of NFT sections and uh, other stuff. But it's more like for uh, for builders to like uh, implement uh, OmniFlakes solutions to make like uh, some kind of payments and uh, like block by block payments. It's, it's incredible, I think. And uh, also I very very love to see how their like uh omniflix tv will work dude i've seen it 
<laughs> I've seen it. It's, um, I, I, I mean, you know, and this, this was six months ago, but the, that team's background is very interesting. I, you know, they, they really do come from like sort of old school media community in India. What I mean is like, you know, television, movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. To be clear, we want to like discuss every project in Cosmos, but we don't have like enough time. We have like... Yeah, <laughs> not, not I, really... there's 70 of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, like most of them are like, have some time to discuss. Yeah. And uh, they like uh, already like took our attention uh and uh they are like i i really don't remember this word but it's okay okay that's all right um but yeah it's it's actually maybe this is a notable thing if you're looking at the market of cryptocurrencies i don't know if it's a good closing point or what but if you're looking at the market of cryptocurrencies i don't believe anything is growing as fast as cosmos i really don't Bear market, whatever. We've gone from five or six chains two years ago when Osmosis launched to 70. I don't see that slowing. I do see it speeding up. I'm freaked out when I go to ping.pub and I see how many chains there actually are. And I'm just like, holy shit, how did we do this? I think the ping pub is kind of a cosmos meme for like new chains. It's like many forks of pink pop oh yeah <laughs> uh, on the new chain I, I oh i love his explorer and uh i actually have a call with him this week yeah and how it is uh with with ping of ping pub ping is his name no no, no i uh, you already had or I... uh coming this week right i forget one but yeah <laughs> will, you, will you have a recording over there i don't know we could private like, one uh well I would say it's neither private nor public. He uh, he applied to Notional's delegation program. It's regular. Yeah, it's regular. I don't know. Like what I could do though is we could we could make it recorded. I'd love to do that because his his explorer is unique in that it is completely open source. It's completely forkable. Um, I, so many chains. I don't know if they really could have launched right without it. Um, Dig is, is an example of that, actually. Could it be like the best advertisement video for Cosmos? <laughs> Dude, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> Let's make another one a little bit later. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>